Lonsman by Peter Charles Melman. Narrated by Dan Areskus. Part 1. Chapter 1. Beyond the walls of the Vieux Carré, where his mother sells her greens, beyond the deep, fetid stink of Gallatin Street's brothels and the crotches of its whores, its swindlers and inebriates, and roving gangs of violent footpads, Elias Abrams fears for the first time that he might lose himself to the sky above. This prospect frightens him because, although he suffers from no lack of courage, unlike the other ragtag immigrant sons with whom he runs, young Abrams rarely dreams of flight. The hours of labor in his mother's small garden plot have trained him to trust the soiling of one's hands in effort above all else. She has instilled in him the belief that land provides life, and as with land, life is meant to be hard-tilled. Thus, for a boy of such industry, the sky is not to be trusted. That he has on too many occasions seen Muscovy ducks dangling by their necks from market beams, their feet suspended aloft, ere their only purchase, does nothing to diminish this distrust. So the immensity of the outdoors terrifies him. He has heard rumors of square miles where sugarcane roots fast in clay dirt, and cotton fields reach in all directions, ranging broader even than the width of his outspread arms. Presented the truth of things here in Napoleonville, however, he sees that the rumors do no justice. The sun is high, quivering white. There are no clouds. The dry road crunches beneath his feet. Crickets in the ditchweeds whir for a spell and then cease. The air is heavy and still. It is a wilting heat in which shade offers little reprieve. Back in Lafayette City, the New Orleans Faubourg where he and his mother live, Elias is known as a boy who stands his ground in the face of anyone who lifts a chin against him. Among the gutters, his aim with brick chunks is truer than most. He swings hickory shafts at whatever skull he thinks earns it. His defense of his mother's small garden plot from which she grows an unfathomable yield, devout. Yet out in the emptiness of Assumption Parish, with few hard sights to keep him staked to the ground, he feels his weight slowly easing, his head lightening with dread, like linens caught in the auger breezes of a hurricane slow riding up the gulf. He moves closer to his mother as she limps along. Then catching himself, he resumes his own course. Goethe Abrams stops in the dust, shielding her eyes from the sun. Her son halts beside her. Got a ways yet, she says. The plantation home stands in the distance. Not far from the immigrant waterfront where they live, Elias has challenged the gates of such homes, his fists at iron bars, the St. Charles Avenue and Britannia Street homes where wealthy merchants spare no expense, Corinthian columns, plastered facades, artists imported from Europe, magnificent flower gardens rich with the treacly scents of jasmine and honeysuckle and the odd gardenia transplant, the vibrant blooms of yellow jonquils, red roses, blue flag irises, the variegated petals of rain and spider lilies, the height of hackberry and magnolia trees topping each third story. Always a Negro houseboy in some threadbare waistcoat pruning away, whistling his favorite Congo Square dance tune as he clips one leaf, then another, content to spend his days perfecting the African notion of beauty. Ain't never a vegetable, thinks Abrams at these gates with equal measures of envy and disdain.
ain't never a need. Here in Napoleonville, however, the plantation home stands unflanked by neighbors or commerce, silhouetted by the very horizon he now finds unnerving. He has never seen a structure so unto itself, that a single man lives in all that space, shy of white company, astounds the boy. Twenty-four rooms, that house, Gerda tells her son flatly, suggesting the plantation with a nod. She limps on, disgusted by the thought of the man within, of his hands, before suddenly veering from the road toward one of the fields that lines it. The crickets in the weeds cut silent. A straight blade nimble in her fingers, she slices through a stalk of sugarcane low at its base and limps back toward her son, stripping it clean along the way. Here. He accepts the stalk but makes no move to eat it.